there's no, we're abdicating our, our God-given authority as parents, particularly as, you know, we're men here as, as fathers, to, to penetrate our children's life, to speak into our children's life, to, to mold and fashion them. We're, we're abdicating that, we're giving it over to the school, giving it over to their friends. Their, you know, their, their friends are forming their personality more than the father or the mother speaking into the, the, the life, the love that we talked about earlier. Being a parent is a great privilege and a great challenge. The Bible speaks often about the blessings of having children and Proverbs 17:6 says, grandchildren are a crown to the aged. Raising a child comes with great responsibilities, though. It can be easy to feel overwhelmed at times, especially if you have an older child who's making poor choices. A parent's relationship with their child has enormous effect on that young person, whether or not it's always apparent. In a similar way, God's love changes our lives and choices if we allow Him into our lives. His love transforms the way we build our self-image and relate to other people. Without our Father's loving presence and influence, we very quickly run into trouble. In this episode of the Gary Wilkerson Podcast, Nikki Cruz joins us to discuss the great importance of a father's love. The impact of a parent's love, plus God's love, can create incredible healing and purpose in a child's life. Now here's our host, Bob Dittmer. Welcome back to another Gary Wilkerson Podcast. And again today, we have a a special guest in studio Nikki Cruz is here, and, and Gary, I know you and Nikki go way back, and uh, you got a lot of history together, and your dad has a lot of history, and of course, crossing the switchblade uh, that Nikki is in in that book as well, that uh, so many people know this ministry and your dad from, and you as well. But the topic today is going to be one that uh, we kind of play off of all that happened in the background, and as we move forward, and that is love. Mm-hmm. What can love do for us? Uh, how does love work in our hearts? How does it change people? Uh, how does it help families? How does it help Christian families? So uh, I know that uh, it is a topic, especially for all Christian parents, as they look at what happens with their children. Maybe we should start there. We all love our children, but sometimes mm. they can be hard to love, can't they? Yeah. They have troubles. They get into problems. They uh, I said, yeah, too loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we can all say that. Uh, I think you've said you're only as happy as your most miserable child. I think I've heard you say before, and isn't that the truth? Um, I have five wonderful children, but boy, we're always worried about the one that's having some problems, and it's just how life is, right, for a parent. So uh, I guess the question is, as we move forward, if you're a Christian parent and your child is going through some difficult times, perhaps straying from the way that they were raised, uh, what can we do? What is it that a Christian parent should do to uh, most influence that child? Yeah, yeah. Th- thanks, Bob. And Nikki, thanks for coming in being with us today. Thank I, you. I always love being around you. You're, you're, uh, uh, you light up a room and uh, the Holy Spirit lives and, and moves in you, and most of our viewers would know your background. You're, you, yourself, you authored Run, Baby, Run, and we're in the movie The Cross and Switchblade in the book, and a worldwide evangelist, spoke to millions and millions of people around the world, uh, an expert on how the power of love, and that's why I wanted this topic. You're, I believe you're, you're probably one of the most eloquent speakers on this issue of uh, the power of love to overcome all chaos and darkness and disorder and and the, the 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 works of the evil one as jesus called them that that he he used love to do that and so you know in starting off maybe narrowing that down into how that works in our children's lives but before i i'm sorry i don't want to talk a whole lot i want you to talk but i just want to uh kind of introduce our relationship so uh, i don't know if you know this bob but uh um so in 1958 my mother was pregnant 
Uh, we already had two. She already had two children, mm-hmm. uh, and I was in her womb the third, getting ready to be born. Uh, the summer of 1958, July of 1958, uh, my father decides to leave a little town called Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania, where he's pastoring a church. He decides to leave there and go to New York City to start. He had um, heard about the gang members that were just horrifying the city, just, just terrifying the city with with massive amounts of violence and chaos. And so he goes there, and, he, and the very week that he's uh, preaching in New York City uh, is the week I'm being born. So... Um, the week that I was being born, physically, Nikki Cruz was came to this meeting that my dad was preaching at, Dave Wilkerson was preaching at, and he gave his life to Christ. So, you know, Nikki, Nikki and I kind of share a, a birthday, mine, yeah. mine physical, his spiritual, around the same week in July of 1958. Kind of dates us a little bit. Uh, well, I, I think that of the one who sacrificed the most, it was going, uh, your mom, because... Uh, for a man to be so specifically uh, in a call that to come to New York when you, you you have a baby, which it was very difficult, and that take lots of love not only f- from Dave, but I believe for, from Gary's mother. In 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 in, in, in question, she wanted question, but why you want to do this? This is the most what I need you, and you know what? There's a lot of t- lot of people talk about love, but <laughs> to me that is tough love, and uh, and that I, I never appreciated because I was lost, I was totally in darkness, so my world was completely so confused because I was born in witchcraft. The difference of Gary and myself, that he was born in a Christian home. I was born in a witchcraft home from the wounds of a witch. And and I never experienced these kinds of love as Gwen and Dave Wilkerson have. And, and I have the opposite. Mm-hmm. So it was so dark. It was like a dark tunnel and not only myself, but my brother and my only sister, uh, we was destined to go straight to hell. And and I thank God that some way Dave Wilkerson, and sometimes excuse me if I use his name Dave because we was very close. Uh, Dave uh, felt to come to New York City, but David Wilkerson never knew that Almost every week, somebody, a teenager, get killed by the gang in New York City, and he walked in in one of the most dark, dark, dark revolution of ever because everybody lost lost hope in the United States because we were the pioneers of the gangs and and how a, a, a country preacher can come into a, a big city like New York. And come and penetrate the 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 war zone to bring the gospel of love, to bring the gospel that Jesus Christ can change you. Against that, I saw manifestations of the devil. I saw my father full of the devil doing miracle in the name of not Jesus Christ but the devil. So this conversation is coming to a place that. I do believe that this this is the the things that we're losing. The, 
today we see so many parents uh, separating themselves from, from from their children, the children doing the same thing, and there's a lot of divorce, mm-hmm. and especially that that is one of the most painful type of thing that that we can touch because uh, because this is uh, our children; they are the one in the middle. You know, I've often wondered uh, the story of your dad uh, and meeting Nicky Cruz, and you just described a country preacher coming. What did you think of David Wilkerson when he first showed up in New York? Here, you're a gang member. You must have thought he was some kind of a rube. <laughs> you must have. Uh, what did you think of him? What did you think of the message when you first heard he, heard about him? Well, uh, it was one of the guys who came in. Uh, it was in the paper. There was a murder that took place that is in the movie, The Cross and Street Play, and we know, I knew the guy who killed, that was killed. But the thing that, that I cannot, that's a question I cannot explain because there's angels that you, in this earth, mm-hmm. and sometimes there are human beings, and you never know it because ooh, I wasn't that spiritual. I was not spiritual. But it was like somebody sent it straight and dropped right here in this infected uh, environment. And there, there was a confrontation of evil and love. That was when I hate everything in this life. I hate my parents. I hate, (laughs) that's why I was a fighter, because I was uh, fighting for survival. I hate myself, and there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. And then this man came in, and and it was something that that I never thought about it in that time. But he was humiliated. David was humiliated. So I don't know how he can handle it. The pain of being humiliated and being spit at, at him and laugh and and pushing and and Dave uh, did a lot of things that confused me. He gave the, his shoes to this guy, uh, Jojo, and and then um, not only that, well, he, he was walking like Noah without shoes on the streets and and and. and, and there has to be a connection. There's, uh, there's, two, there's two kinds of love, the divine love and the human love. And when these two elements get together, there's something supernatural happening mm. in the human life. Wow. That's, and I think that speaks to the, the, the issue you were talking about with family and children. Because we, we could not have been brought up in uh, further from the way the fam- our families were, we were brought up totally differently. Um, yours in the witchcraft, the demonic. Uh, you were, I remember hearing a story about, like, I don't remember how old you were. You were up on a tree. You were going to hang yourself. Twelve. Twelve I, I know. Old. I was nine years nine old. Nine years old. Uh, you know, and I'm playing with toys at nine years old. And yet, <clears throat> uh, you know, I needed that divine human love combination to give me substance in my soul like otherwise I'd be empty even though I grew up in a you can grow up in a Christian home and still be empty you know that divine love and the and the and the human love combined I love you saying that and then how that impacted you too that combination so we both we kind of both needed you know and I, I would say that anybody listening today would 
you know, whether you're from a gang background or drug or, or from a good, you know, religious home, that we still need somebody in our life to love us, to the, the, the power of love penetrating the darkness, whether it be uh, witchcraft, gangs, or a, a little boy alone, uh, lonely at home, you know, that, uh, that do that. But uh, Nick, if you would maybe just speak a little bit to, uh, you, you minister to millions of people around the world, a lot of families, a lot of young people that are uh, struggling. Uh, we would call them in, in the Christian circles, the prodigal. Uh, Jesus told that the story of the prodigal son who left his father uh, you, you run across a lot of that. How, how does love affect people in that situation? What, what I, I, I do believe that when I became a Christian, when I became converted, uh, the first thing that happened in my life was that I, David, Dave told me that there's going to be a lot of attack after I got converted. And I say ah, that the devil, I, when you talk about the devil, is the devil is everywhere to try to destroy and to steal and to rob and whatever. But to answer your question, I, 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 I do believe that, uh, that the most needed force right now is the love of Christ in us so we can love with that passion. Because when I got converted, and I'm still going to say this right now in, my, in, in, in this age of mine, which is nobody's business <laughs> how old I am, but the, the thing that, com- that completely make me right now is that I'm romantically in love with my Jesus. And that is something that has kicked me and give me the strength to be, a, I don't say the most perfect father, but to be a good father and, 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 and to acknowledge the problems that it can happen in the family. I was telling Gary about my, uh, my daughter got divorced not too long ago. That hurt. Then you began to review that is nothing compared what is going on right now when in the Christian uh, world of us, we cannot hide what is going on. There's, there's a lot of Christians are losing their children because of new drugs that is taking place and because the wrong company. Uh, we don't spend that much time with our children. Uh, they spend more time in the school and with his friends. And and uh, if I have any fear in, in my life, it was that my children will never go in that opposite way. It would have completely destroyed my my heart and my wife Gloria heart. And I think Gary experienced one situation like that. But above all things, we have no exception to the rule regardless if we are Christians. We have to be in guard. We got to understand that that, uh, that this wind flow from everywhere. It's blowing from everywhere. And I ask everyone who listens right now that 
you better take a second look of your children because t uh, today there are, there's a spirit of rebellion that I notice and and the church is losing that kind of grips uh, in, in the areas of, of, of preaching more about about many things that's going on in our own family. Uh, our family's hurting. Uh, we are too loose about whatever makes you feel good, go ahead and do it. And many teenagers are getting involved into a very deep situations where uh, we don't, when you see young people, young, a young guy, a young girl, that they are single, teenagers, and, and they don't have a, a concept what, and the consequences what sex is all about. And this is happening in the church, and, and, and we are not discovering it. And, you know, teenagers, they're living in, 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 in a way of fantasy sometimes. And, and, and that's what I try to protect my children. But there's no guarantee. <laughs> what, you uh, see. what advice would you give a parent who's has a son or daughter sort of drifting off into things that they're not happy about? My advice is number one: never give up. Wow, I like that. Yeah. Never give up. Sometimes you want to though, you know, just, you, or you get hopeless. You you feel like, will they ever change? You know, but that's good. Never give but, up. But yeah. but Gary, that is connected with uh, discouragement. Yeah. Because you get discouraged mm -hmm. and you give up. I said, there's nothing. Uh, that can happen in the ministry. Yeah. yeah. You know, but never give up. Never give up. And pray for the soul of your children consistently. It's your responsibility, responsibility as a father, as a mother, in unity. Well, I love that. It's, so you, as, as you never give up and you pray for them, and I, I, I would... I would echo that very strongly that because uh, especially when you start praying for them, in my experience, I don't know if you experienced this, Nikki or Bob, but that, that sometimes when you're praying for your kids, they get worse before they get better. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the Holy Spirit allows them to go to a, a difficult place where they kind of hit rock bottom and want to sort of get back up. But, don't, you know, I want to encourage people, never, man, no, no, never stop. Stop praying because it's, it's working. Even if it looks like it's not, it, it is. Uh, you know, those circumstances will will, will change. Um the other one I wanted to ask you about, Nikki, is is um, in um, in looking at young people in this generation. You, you, a lot of your speaking and writing is to to a younger generation. Um, there's there's I don't want to use these words, but I will because they identify you know that the the sense of entitlement. Um, some people call them snowflakes. The, these young people, they're they they kind of like you know they stay in their mom's basement and play video games all day and uh, you know no vision, no you know this. Um, you, you were obviously a very different young man than the, the snowflake and the the victim. You you had lived mm -hmm. a r rough life, but you weren't you didn't play the card of a victim. You you made, how do you do you have any thoughts on our youth culture today? The uh, this idea of um, entitlement. Entitlement. Mm -hmm. um, well, technology, technology, technology to me yeah. is good and is bad. Mm. Uh, I believe that uh, if we don't be careful, we have too powerful force that we need to fight, and that is drugs. We have been in, saturated by drugs. Yeah. So 
we have cheap drugs that fight. That's the one who can kill. That's the one you see teenagers dead on, on the sidewalk. Uh, and and that is something like marijuana, like I've been fighting that when I go to Europe, for many years I've been going there, where they try to legalize marijuana like in Holland and all of these things. They don't know that marijuana is the beginning of the end of a life. Because from there you go to another, because you don't get satisfied, you get into more of that. And 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 I and, and I believe that we should be watching for that. But to answer the questions of Gary, I do believe that this game play uh, that when you when our parents allow so many hours that you play and play and play, you got to be careful that your son don't become a, or your daughter become a zombie mm-hmm. that can never relate either to the, your own parents. By the way, sometimes they relate to the other people because the other people, they are doing the same thing. And here, their, their dad, looking at that person, uh, with all this due respect, but if I have Gary with me or you with me to have dinner or lunch, I get offended somebody starts using the cell phone. Mm-hmm. I think that's disrespectful. I think I, I should give my undivided attention to the situation. Now, of course, if there's an emergency, that's a different type of thing. But I, t- I believe, uh, Gary, that we have been an, in, in a generation that is, we are dealing with zombies. Zombies, that's a powerful word, yeah. And you put the two things together, you're talking about, Nikki. One, you said earlier, like giving, giving our children... You wait, you know, they, they spend all day at school and then all evening with their friends. And then if they come home, they're playing videos. There's there's no, we're abdicating our our God-given authority as parents, particularly as, you know, we're men here as, as fathers, to, to penetrate our children's life, to speak into our children's life, to, to mold and fashion them. We're, we're abdicating that. We're giving it over to the school, giving it over to their friends. Their, you know, their, their friends are forming their personality more than the father or the mother speaking into the, the the life, the love that we talked about earlier, and I think that's a tragedy that that kids are being uh, formed because you're not your soul is not formed just internally. You know, you don't just get a you don't just read a book and get a soul. Uh, you don't just uh, have a quiet time. You know, a lot of our the the, the the nature of our soul, who we are, our our spirit, our the the life who, of the personality of who we are is 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 formed not just internally. It's it's formed externally by the people around us. And so you send the kids to school, and they have certain friends, and they spend their evenings with their friends. Uh, you know, their friends are forming that. And again, that, and then what's forming their friends is the culture, the bigger culture, which is I, I believe is this entitlement culture, this sense of um, don't you know give me everything I want. Uh, if I ask for it, I deserve it, and you should give it to me. And if you don't give it to me, then you know uh, protest, and, and that could be a protest in a home of rebellion, as you said about your daughter, or it could be a protest outside in the in the streets. Uh, we want fifteen dollars an hour instead of twelve or whatever, you know, and, and that's fine. I don't mind protest, but what I'm saying is, is you know, uh, we have three fathers here at the table, and you know, I know all three, all of us advocate uh, being, you know, being. Uh, penetrating their lives by speaking into them and having 
having some things to yeah. say. I, I think part of that abdication you're talking about in both these cases, in drugs and in playing video games for hours and hours on end, there seems to be a lack of purpose in the lives of these children that parents probably should instill that your purpose is that you are a child of God. And as a child of God, you have a certain responsibility to represent him, to uh, show his love to others around you and to represent that, that person. Without that, I, I guess I'm not surprised that children go to gangs and to drugs and to video games. There's no purpose outside of that in today's world for them, is there? I tell you, uh, I'm worried about my grandchildren. I don't know what's going to go, what is going to happen in this country. Uh, uh, we are going into different direction that we never expected to be. Right now, there's persecution against, against Jesus in this country. Uh, and that's the only thing that we have right now that have keep us together at the churches. Uh, some of the churches have locked the doors when Jesus is knocking. Mm. And how we, in the world we're going to change it. We, uh, our, uh, our family, the, the church is a refuge. It's a place that we get together and share and pray for one another. And I believe this is an act of love uh, when we began to see that we can share and then you can feel for your brother and your sister. But your children, uh, I'll be, be honest, I'm worried about my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And I really want to go, she's going to go to university and she's tremendous in, uh, in softball and that's when she got the scholarship. She's one of the best. Third base mm -hmm. and hit her mm -hmm. home runs, wow. <laughs> but yes, I have to. We have to deal with that rebellious spirit that is infected every corner of this nation, and uh, and if we don't change, we're gonna be like Europe. We're almost there, aren't we? Yeah. We're, We're almost there. Yeah. Did you know that I, I, I make 45 tour in England, sometimes 10 days, everything. I know England so well, and we love because Rome by Rome was a textbook in every school. And I noticed that I spoke in the, one of the earth, the most all, all, and I have a picture of those days of that church. And now you go to England and the Anglican churches that have become clubs. Mm -hmm. um, many uh, of them, uh, they have lost the power. Salvation Army was very strong. I spoke in the place where Spurgeon, that's empty now. So we began to understand uh, in, the, in the power of love, we, we need to use the strength of love to, to say no, because what we have is coming from above. It sounds like we've lost our love for God. I really believe that you, you know, I've heard you speak so many times, Nikki, and I love every time I hear it, because you, you, every, every, every sermon ends up almost the same way that, that you know, you are loved. You are loved deeply by God. And, and all these issues we're talking about today, rebellious teenage child, uh, grandchildren that we might be anxious or worried about, uh, 
and, and the, the, the remedy of, of never giving up, of praying. But, but I, mean, I, I would add to that is I think your life speaks to this primary issue of the way ahead, whether it be we're trying to change a culture like England has lost its revival fire or our own family is, is seemingly like moving towards a prodigal I think it all has the exact same answer. It's it's like, um, you know, just it almost sounds like you know we're being over redundant, but it, but we're not. The answer is the love of God. It's the love of Jesus, and that that's really what you preach, right? When you're when you're, when you're traveling, or I got one message. One message. It's just one card that I painted with different color. <laughs> uh, my message is Jesus, and 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 the glory of of my life is to see sinners come to Christ. Is if I have to really give the opportunity to be in a place when there's a fifteen thousand people in, in a place and they're all Christians, and they just want to hear a testimony, and then across the street there's two hundred sinners across the street mm-hmm. because those people they had to know about how much God loved them that He gave His life that he took the punishment. And and it makes you so happy when I see somebody coming to Jesus. You know, it's, it's, I cannot explain. And sometimes I don't know how many, hundreds of hundreds of people. I got a place in uh, that came about 9,000 people to, 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 to my calling. But I don't know how many of them really uh, give their heart to Jesus and fall in love with Jesus. That's not for me to judge. But I tell you one thing. Up there, in heaven, they know what's going on here. And they know what joy is when a sinner comes. That moves not only the heart of Jesus Christ in heaven, because he's alive, but moves the entire heaven to rejoice. And here, when, when, we, when we see somebody come to Jesus, sometimes the church, like nothing. Yeah, 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 there's uh, something. No, this is something for us to be happy, for be happy for our family, for be ha- being happy for the children of our nation that, that they need Jesus and they are coming to Jesus. We're not gonna give up. We're gonna preach the gospel of Jesus Christ Either you, you, either you die standing or you die right there like you did nothing for Jesus. So, so we don't have no choice. You've been listening to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. Understanding God's fatherly love can be very difficult for anyone who comes from a broken family. But God is patient and present, ready to heal us like he's done for Nikki Cruz and many others. If you struggle with seeing God as a loving father who longs to bless you, let me suggest you pick up Gary's latest book titled God's Favor. In it, he paints a more biblical picture of God's favor, revealing how our loving father never leaves us alone, even if we aren't aware of his presence. He constantly brings good things into our lives, even if we don't recognize that they come from him. To see more on this discussion of God's grace and goodness in your life, you can order a copy of God's Favor on the World Challenge website, worldchallenge.org. Next week, join us again on the Gary Wilkerson Podcast as Nikki Cruz and Gary continue their discussion about love at the center of families and people's lives. 
The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge. Sound design for this episode by Mike Hall-Smith. This episode was written by Rachel Schimitz. Our producer is Chris Wigington, with video production by Aaron Gale. We hope to see you next time on the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ.